Hey, lovelies, I'm sure I'm not the first one to remind you this, but Shavuos is basically here, and it is this holiday of beautiful summer dresses. I have a great selection of modest dresses in sizes 2 through 24 on my website, impactfashionnyc.com. There are some lightweight options. There is color. There is black. There is pretty much a dress for everyone. So if you are so inclined, go and check that out. I'm always happy to answer any questions that you have about which styles or sizes are right for you. And we ship really fast, same or next day. And it gets to most places in the tri-state area within one day and farther places a little bit longer, but everything goes out really fast. So if you act early this week, you should still get it in time for Shavuos. So thank you so much for checking that out. It's impactfashionnyc.com and enjoy the show. It's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Ricky Itzquitz, and on today's show, I talk with a boudoir photographer about women's bodies and her work. She shares the difference between body image and self-image, her experience with religious women's at boudoir, the message her clients have gotten about their bodies, and the things we can all do to start feeling sexy right now. aware of Rebecca Sigala when she did a project with Esther Taub, who I've previously had on the show. At first I was intrigued. Here is a religious woman spending her time taking beautiful, sexy portraits of other women. As I continued to follow her, I learned that to Rebecca, her work is way more than skin deep, and I knew I had to sit down and have a conversation with her. Well, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I was super talkative and creative and I always felt very different. Um, I think in a lot of positive ways as well as some more challenging ways. I grew up in public school and there weren't very many Jewish kids that went to my school. So I was like one of the only Jewish kids in my you know, elementary, middle and public high school. And I was always very proud to be Jewish. Um, so I was outspoken about it, but it definitely set me apart and made me feel like you know, okay, I'm, I'm different than everyone in some ways. And I was actually um, bullied from a really young age, which kind of connects to what I do today, definitely connects to what I do today and helping women feel good in their bodies and to feel confident about who they are. Um, but yeah, I was bullied for my looks. People call me like a fat Jewish pig and pretty, pretty terrible stuff. Um, but at the same time, um, I think like, you know, I, looking back, I'm just like, wow, she was so amazing. This little girl that like was so ambitious and creative and very passionate about my Judaism and passionate about everything in life. Um, So yeah, I don't know. Was there something specific that made you super passionate about your Judaism? Like, cause in my, like, in, I've never gone to public school. You know, I was in like base alcohol schools my whole life and all of that. Yeah. My first experience in a public school setting was in college. Um, and I think that if I was in that kind of situation, that my reaction would kind of be like, well, maybe they're right. And like, what do I need this Jewish part for? Like, I think that I would maybe have disconnected from it a little bit. Yeah. Well, I didn't grow up religious. I became more religious in my high school years. And then when I decided to go to seminary after high school. Um, And 
even though I didn't have strong like religious roots, I was just very, I don't know, inherently like just proud to be Jewish. And my family always talked about Israel and always talked about our Jewish culture. And I had a bat mitzvah. So like I was connected to my synagogue in the area. And yeah, I don't know. I think it just, it just came very naturally to me that like this was something that I value and something that I was proud of. And it's definitely, um, even though it's like hard to be different or to kind of stand out, I think it is also um, a value that I've always held and kind of translate to other aspects of my life as well. Right. You said that you were always creative. Were you always interested in photography? No, I never thought that I would be a photographer. Um, I In high school, I had a fashion club, actually. Awesome. <laughs> and I was planning on going to um, the Fashion Institute in Los Angeles, FITM. Have you heard of it before? Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and actually, I actually got a scholarship there. Um, and that was my plan that I would go to Israel. I'd go to Israel first. I deferred my scholarship and then I would come back to L.A., and go to school there. Um, so yeah, I, I thought maybe when I was really young that maybe I'd be an interior designer. And then in high school, I really loved fashion. And I thought that maybe I would do something with fashion design or fashion marketing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I had lots of different creative interests. Um, photography is something that came later. Tell me about how it, you know, how that came up. So how did I come up? That's a really great question. Uh, so my husband and I were both photographers. Uh, he actually, we got married very young, like very shortly after my year in Israel. Um, I was 19 and he was 20. And he was like, you know what? I'm really interested in photography. I want to buy a professional camera, took some of our wedding money and was like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to try this out. And he right away just you know he has such a beautiful eye and was taking gorgeous pictures and when we moved to Israel he decided to start doing it professionally and I started to run like the back end of the business like marketing and um, administrative work and all of that stuff and at some point I think I was actually like setting up a photo shoot for him because this is something that I actually did in high school I worked for like fashion agencies and I would I would set up photo shoots and runway shows, like not, you know, high level anything, but it was just, you know, fun. And it's something that I've always really enjoyed. And so I set it up for him. And then I realized that like, at the end of the day, like he took the picture and he got to kind of like tell his story through the lens. And I thought, wow, that's so cool. Like I, I want to do that too. And so he started to teach me like, you know, the technical aspects of photography and eventually I felt confident enough to like kind of join him. And we did um, husband and wife, like photography. We were like a photography team for several years and um, did all sorts of things. So I found you through my friend, Esther Taub, who I'm a big fan of. Um, mm, me too. And, she's yeah, the best. She's <laughs> awesome. Um, and, and I, and she, you and her work together um, on a very special type of photo shoot, because I know you as Rebecca Sigala Boudoir and, and you do these beautiful, beautiful stunning boudoir shoots. And, and I, I'm, I'm just going to turn the table over to you because I'd love for you to explain what it is that you do now, what exactly a boudoir shoot is, um, yeah. and, and how it is that you started doing that. Thank you. Yeah. So 
I actually, I actually don't do any other kind of photography now. Um, I ventured into boudoir photography about nine years ago. And I just thought, first of all, it was amazing. So cool how women would walk in to like a studio and get their hair and makeup done and just feel beautiful. And all of these like creative, beautiful, feminine, fun aspects of boudoir photography that still hold true today. Um, but very shortly into doing boudoir photography, I saw how um, powerful it was for women that they were changing the way that they saw themselves and saw their bodies. And um, I remember after, I think it was maybe my second or third shoot, I was talking to the client and showing her the pictures for the first time. And she just had tears in her eyes. And she said, I, I've never really felt like a woman until today. And that really hit me at that moment. I was like, okay, this is more than just fun. Like there's something really incredible here. And um, so I started pursuing it even more. And I, um, I grew my business and I started cultivating a, a journey to help my clients really feel um, confident in their skin leading up to their boudoir session and to have like a coaching session with me and to really make it like a full experience. Um, and, and yeah, like I just, I never looked back a few years ago. I um, started, I opened a body positivity course and that was a virtual course online. And that was kind of a culmination of everything that I've learned about um, how to improve our body image as women living in this world that, you know, so many women are told that we're supposed to look a certain way or we're supposed to fit into a certain mold. And because I was seeing so many women that I photographed, um, like every single woman had insecurities about their bodies. And it didn't matter what she looked like or if she fit into what society deemed acceptable, she still was feeling insecure about her body. And I'm like, okay, like something has to change here. Um, and so through my photography and then through other modalities that I've learned over the years, I, you know, created this course. And now I combine coaching and boudoir to really help women improve the way that they see themselves and on a deeper level, their um, see it's like you know body image is one thing and then it's like self-image and their relationship with themselves and that's even deeper and really what's really the difference special. between those two what's the difference between body image and self-image so I would say self-image is maybe a little bit more broad but when I think of body image it's really the way that you perceive your body <laughs> just like straight up um, and self-image is the way that you perceive yourself but they're so intertwined um, and I think that a lot of women don't realize that, like, even when women are on this personal development journey, um, a lot of times they don't even talk about body images, like they go to like all these healers and therapists, and then I'd, like, they'll come to me later and be like, wait, I've never really spoken about my body image. And it's such a foundational element of really how we see ourselves, how we see the world, how we see other people's bodies. Um, and it does really change so much in the way that we see ourselves. For me, when I would heal my relationship with my body, um, I don't even know, like, I don't even want to say healed because it's really truly an ever evolving journey and healing it. I'm, I'm cultivating it. I'm coming closer to myself. Um, but 
it really improved the way that I saw myself because once I saw my body as beautiful and worthy, I saw myself that way too. And I think that it's very easy for us to disconnect like our bodies from who we are, but the truth is our bodies are part of us. (laughs) Right, right. Like I think that there's this, we kind of, um, like we kind of sometimes mistake mistakenly try to strive for this goal of being indifferent towards our bodies that like we, you know, I, I, I am me and my body is, you know, the way that I walk around the world and like, it doesn't matter. And in a lot of ways it doesn't, but I think that, you know, to ignore this huge part of how we, not this huge part, the entire way of how we present to the world is definitely something that, you know, it's, you're, you're missing, you're missing an opportunity there. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I actually think that you asked a question that I didn't answer, which is like, what is boudoir photography, right? <laughs> um, do you want me to answer that? Please, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for anyone who's not so, familiar. Uh, so boudoir photography is intimate and empowering portraits for women. Um, that's my definition of it, at least. Um, there's a whole genre of boudoir photography all over the world now. Um, and basically, it's women who um, want to do photo shoots for themselves or for a partner or for whatever personal reason. And they hire a photographer to do a session for them either in lingerie or, or nude. And yeah, it's basically um, just really beautiful, sexy photos. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and that was the thing also was that, that I was so struck, particularly with your style, is that and maybe I'm projecting, I don't know. But when I'm looking <laughs> at the photos that that you take, which by the way, if you are very sensitive to like boobs and butts, don't follow Rebecca. This is not the space <laughs> for you. Um, but if you want to see some really special, re- I, like I got that empowering vibe through it. Um, I really got the, maybe it's because I'm sure that this is at the request of most of your clients. Most of the pictures on your mm-hmm. page don't have faces. So yeah, it like, I think that because, um, there, there was just something really like it, it allowed me at least to appreciate the female form and just and just be like, oh, like, I know that this is not a model. I know that this is a regular person and damn, she looks good. Like, and, yeah. and just appreciating that, that I find so special to to see through. In That's your amazing. I, I really appreciate this. I was actually just talking to someone about this whole thing today is that a lot of people could just look at, you know, sexy images of women and be like, you're just objectifying women, you know, which is something that I come across. And um, I think that, I think that when you could see the images and just think that, um, but for me, it's like such Uh, the images are like such a small piece of this whole journey and self-expression and um, women embracing their sexualities for themselves. I I think that comes through in the images. Like it's like this woman is like reclaiming her body and her power. And I am just there to like witness that. And I really do want each of my client sessions to not only show their outer beauty, but their inner beauty as well. Um, and I think that that comes from many years of experience and all of that, but also approaching it in the way that I do. Yeah. And, and I also think that there is something really 
like, because I know, right. That like your clients have paid you, they've taken the time They're Mm -hmm. you know, they're going through this journey. They're coming to get pampered. They're having these photos taken. And then they end up with this, like, like it's something that they're doing for themselves. And like, let's stop pretending that we don't want to feel sexy. And like, especially like for religious women, like, let's stop pretending that this is something that we just like, no, I'm sorry. I'm like too modest. I'm too serious. Like, this is not something that I think about. Yes, you do. I'm like, we just do, we all do. Yeah. And I think that we're not only, we're not only sexual beings, but we are also sexual beings. And that's exactly something that is, is celebrated in our religion as well. Right. Exactly. Do you work with a lot of religious clients? Yeah. So I live in Afrat, which is like a Dati Lumi modern Orthodox community in Israel. Um, I don't know actually if they would consider themselves modern Orthodox, but I think that's like the closest translation to that. It's really hard to translate these like Israeli labels and American labels, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And that's where I started my business. Um, So at first, the majority of women were for sure religious to some level. Now I photograph, you know, all over Israel and even in um, America and different places there. So my, my clientele has definitely expanded, but I still think that at least half of the women I photograph are religious. Do you find that your religious clients approach this um, process differently? Not at all. I love <laughs> Not that. at all. Talk to me about that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, everyone's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this like woman who covers her hair and this woman who was like, so modest from the outside is doing a boudoir session. And I'm like, it's really exactly the same thing. <laughs> like we're women and we have so much more in common than we do, you know, than we have differences. And um, the sexuality piece is something that, you know, every, every woman has in their own way. Right. Um, and I think, to embrace that and celebrate that. And I think the special thing about doing it for religious women is that I do get to give them a space that they don't normally have to like really express themselves outwardly um, and feel sexy and feel beautiful and um, and do it in a safe space that is also private for them. Um, but the truth is, is that there's tons of women who are not religious that also want it to be private, so there's not so much of a difference. Right. I think that too often we get stuck in thinking that like, oh, religious people inherently are are less sexual or inherently yeah. don't like, like we are so much more private than everyone. And be like, I don't know. Like I would assume that most people would not want their boudoir photos, you know, published. I would assume that. Yeah, like 90% like, of my, like 95, 90% of my pictures that I photographed are like, you know, completely private, at least 90%, probably even more. Right, exactly. Because that's just something that you do for yourself, which is why it's so special because you do it, you know, for yourself, maybe for your partner, but like, it's something that Mm -hmm. you're going to share with a very select group of people. And, and that's part of what makes it special. Right. And there are people who do choose to, I have a couple of different platforms. So I have a Facebook community of um, like, 3,700 women. And we talk about feminism and body image and empowerment and all these really important subjects. Uh, And also sometimes women will share there, but they won't feel comfortable sharing other places because it's just women. Of course, it's still online and it's still public to some extent, but it does feel like a safe space. 
And then I have my Instagram and I have my website that also has a blog. And on the blog, a lot of times women will share their story, whether it's about infertility or about um, being a survivor of abuse or um, marking a new chapter in their lives. Like so many, everyone has their own struggle and their own story. And a lot of times people use my blog as a platform to share their stories, sometimes along with their images. And I think that's a really beautiful way, a beautiful tool for themselves and also for other people to feel not alone in whatever they're going through. And I'm very passionate as well about sharing what I can with my boudoir because when women see other women with normal bodies, then they feel, they feel seen too. For sure. You've talked, you've mentioned a lot, this journey that you take your clients on and, you know, the whole Mm -hmm. process that it's not just about showing up for the shoot day. Uh, Talk to me more a little bit, you know, talk to me a little bit more about that. You know, what are you, what are you hoping for your clients to get out of that process so that it's more than just images? Yeah, so a lot of it is clarifying what they want to get out of it. And that clarity really helps them, you know, um, decide what what they emotionally want to invest in on the journey. So the first thing that I actually do is I send them a meditation. Um, I've created my own meditations that are really body positive and help women connect their mind and body. Like this embodiment piece is very, very important because I, I want women to look back on their images and think, wow, these are so hot and I felt so good and I was so present and I felt so sexy and all of these things. So I think connecting like this mind and body piece is really special. So I send a meditation at first, they fill out a survey and then we do a coaching call and that coaching call really helps them gain clarity on their deeper reasons for wanting to do it. A lot of times we talk about what messages they got about their bodies growing up Um, what messages they're still holding on to and maybe want to let go of. Um, And depending on whatever their goal is for the session, sometimes it is about being more present, being more embodied, or sometimes it's about having fun because they just haven't had fun in years or um, celebrating something specific or um, letting go of certain limiting beliefs, whatever it might be, you know? Um, Then we create, actual goals together and generally people are booking about two to three months in advance and so leading up to their session they will um stay accountable to these goals and write them down and um they could be as little as like okay i want to do five minutes of meditations meditation a day or drink enough water or get movement in not to lose weight but like really to love your body and to um celebrate your body um because I think that's also very common that people say, oh, I'm doing a photo shoot, like, let me lose weight, right? That's mm-hmm. like, I feel like that pops into most women's head, even if they don't want to do that. Um, and so I'm like, okay, let's take that energy and put it towards like something else, something that could be really powerful and long lasting. And also so that you show up to the shoot, like really authentically as yourself. Um, so... So there's that. And then I have a preparation guide with journal prompts that like really help them kind of have even more clarity and maybe think about things in a different way. 
and I have a checklist of what to pack and just like really help them guide, guide them through everything. So then they come to the day of the session at my studio and they get their professional hair and makeup done. And I actually think that's a, a very important part of my, of my process because it's a time that women get to like really feel pampered and taken care of and at the same time have a transition into the session so it's not just like okay hey like come and take your clothes off and you don't even know me and you don't even feel comfortable you know but like really a time where um they can start to feel more comfortable and relaxed and just yeah just feel supported um so there's that so that's the whole journey leading up to it and then sometimes i'll do a meditation with my client before the actual session and then depending on what they need, like I just create an environment that is going to best support them in reaching the goals that they want through the session. Um, so that's really, yeah, I, really I love that. What are, what are the messages that you find are most common that women, you know, say that they, that they've held on to, or, you know, that they've heard about bodies? Like, what are the things that you keep hearing again and again, that are those, you know, those, those negative thoughts that hold us back? Yeah, well, I think that there's like the societal obsession with thinness. <laughs> I think that's the major one um, that like people in larger bodies are, you know, not okay or not beautiful or that fat is bad or that they are fat or because they're fat that they're ugly. Um, and I think that's just so pervasive and um, really damaging. And that is something that, you know, I want to help change. Besides that, um, a lot of people just attach their appearance to their worth because that's what that's the positive reinforcement that we positive quote unquote reinforcement that we've got since we were young that like if you're pretty or if you fit into the societal standard of beauty, like you're going to be treated treated better, you're going to have more opportunities, um, you're a better person. Like it's crazy, you know, all of these messages that we get. And a lot of them are not only perpetuated by society, but also in our religion, like not in our religion, but in our cultural aspects of our religion, um, with our parents and our friends and our relatives. And, um, it's very deeply ingrained. Okay. Is there a common insecurity that you come across? Like, do we all hate our butts? No, <laughs> um, but lots of people do. Um, I don't know. It's like, there's, it's always something different, you know, and even people who um, fit more into the societal like standards, they, they also have insecurities, you know, um, and they don't necessarily think that they fit into those standards. Um, and I think that's a big thing for a lot of women, like, oh, she's, she's hot and she knows it. Like she couldn't possibly you know, have any insecurities in her life is perfect. Um, but it's just so not the truth. Um, but yeah, I think the insecurities, like there's, it could be like, so something that you would never expect, like the shape of your chin, or like, um, you know, some people don't like the way their face looks, some people don't like, you know, their hair, or their butts, or their legs, or their feet, or the shape of their, you know, body, like just ev like everything. And um, 
it's really sad. It is just really sad. And, you know, I, I do ask that question in my consultations. I say, okay, what are your favorite parts of your body? And they give me a list. Hopefully sometimes there are sometimes where people really are like, I don't, I don't even know. Um, or I don't have a favorite part of my body. Um, and then, then what are the parts that I say, what are the parts that you're learning to love? What are your insecurities? And usually everyone has at least no one has problems answering that question, right? No, no. Yeah. That, that does make me a little sad. It's, I'm so glad that you brought up this issue of, you know, size. Cause I do think that we, we assume that smaller women or like women who fit the societal ideal of thinness must also have better lives or just must automatically feel great. And that could not be farther from the truth. I have fit women of all sizes and I have fit like really tiny, super thin women who just did not, who just did not feel good in their skin. You could tell that they were not comfortable. And I have fit really large women who did, you know, who just, who, who rocked a dress and knew how to work their bodies. And they, and you could tell that they just felt comfortable in, you know, in, I like to think in their skin. Like I like to think of it as the meat suit that we navigate the world in. It's, Mm. and like, you could tell that there are some people (laughs) who just knew what to do with it. And, and it's totally different from size because how we feel about our body has basically nothing to do with how our bodies look. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, it's kind of like when we are looking for um, external circumstances or external things to validate like who we are to validate our worth. We're like, when we're thin, like we'll be happy. When we're rich, we'll be happy. When we're this, you know, and it's like really like when most people get to that goal, if they're not working on their mindset or working on like, you know, who they are on the inside, then that thing couldn't possibly make them happy. And I think that's really hard for people to understand. I think it's, um, it's also, it's like, you almost don't want to understand it because in a lot of ways, it's almost easier to just say, okay, like I'll, I'll lose the 50 pounds. I'll make the million dollars. And then like, and then I'll be happy as opposed to doing the work that is feeling happy inside yourself and right like, like right now because then you could like ask yourself well what do I want being thin to give me right like um freedom feeling sexy being attractive to other people whatever it may be and ask yourself also like are those things available to me right now can I feel sexy right now or what things can I do to start to feel sexy right now and it's really powerful stuff that's such an interesting way of thinking about it. Like, what is this going to give me? And can I get that without that thing? That's really interesting. Yeah. What are some things that you think someone can do to start feeling sexy right now? Mm, I mean, I think it's really different for every single person, but for sure, boudoir shoot, that's, <laughs> that's number one. Like it's, it just, it's so awesome. So much fun makes, makes the world a better place. Um, but I think that, for me, meditation has been really helpful. Things that um, connect our mind and body. So like movement um, and and mindfulness and meditation and like checking in with ourselves, like just being like, you know, caring for our bodies. Like sometimes we do have to start taking care of our bodies before we actually start caring about them. You know, it's like having a child, like why do we love them so much? Part of it is because we're caring for them since they were little, you know? So like taking care and just be like, I need to 
eat enough today. I need to sleep enough today. I need to really, you know, I'm worthy enough of this care. Um, And I feel like there's really nothing sexier than that. And just like really feeling like, you know, you're worthy and that, and that you're connected to yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting to think about this as like to care for yourself before you care about yourself. That that's yeah. a, an, another like interesting way to kind of flip these ideas and think about them from really from like a more proactive perspective, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still stuck on, you know, what can I do to get those things now? That's such an interesting, yeah. like, I, I, I mean, really I've love also that. been working on my relationship with money a lot and that using that with money as well is like really, really powerful um, because everything is available to us now. There's so much goodness and beauty and abundance in the world without the external things that everyone is like gravitating towards, you know? What do you mean by that? Can you explain more? Um, like, like to just... Okay, so in relation to money, I guess, because that's what I was, (laughs) that's what I was saying. Um, There's so much abundance in the world. Like you look outside and there's like, you know, I see like, I look at a a tree and I see like a thousand leaves. I'm like, oh my God, that's so, that's so many leaves. That's more than I need. It's so beautiful, you know, Um, having like gratitude for the things that are right there in front of us, like looking at our bodies and being able to be like, what is sexy right now? What is beautiful right now? And I think that's something that I actually did a lot in my um, beginning of my journey was I came to the sessions being like, even when I was more in my limiting beliefs about like what bodies should look like, um, I think being a boudoir photographer really changed that, completely expanded my idea of beauty or um, beauty standards. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, But for sure, I was wrapped up in it like, you know, nine years ago when I started. And I would go into the session thing like, what is beautiful about this person? Like, what can I illuminate? about their, what do I already think is beautiful? And then as I started to see the things that were beautiful, then like with my limited perspective, then more and more things started to be beautiful. That makes sense to me. Do you think that the, that you, that exposure was part of the reason why you started seeing more bodies as beautiful? Like you were just see you were just being exposed to more bodies and therefore like, yeah, I've thought about this so much, especially with mikvah ladies. Like there is a tiny part of me for anyone who's not familiar. Um, a mikvah is like a ritual bath that a Jewish woman will go to after her period. Go to Chabad.org and Google it for more information. If you need it. <laughs> yes. um, but there's another woman there um, who watches you immerse in the pool. You are completely naked. Um, and, and she's there to make sure that you're fully um, covered, like fully in the water. And I have like, I have thought about this a lot. There is a tiny part of me that like, Nobody has a more realistic view of what women's bodies look like than mikvah ladies. Cause like they'll spend every night seeing probably, you know, like depending on the neighborhood, a couple dozen people every night. And they'll, I mean, obviously this is not creepy. I should mention that like, I mean, if you're doing it right, it's not creepy. And if it does feel creepy, by the way, you need to go to a new mikvah. Um, Yes. That's very, very important to say. Um, But if it's done right, then like she's had a back view 
of a lot of like she knows what a lot of butts look like and that to me is like that's like she just has a really realistic view of like or doctors do you know what i mean like if you're a doctor then you just know what bodies look like this is what they should like not should this is just what they do look like and i find that like that exposure is probably it's probably very good and it's i think you know people are always nervous because they've never done a boudoir session before they've never like stripped for a camera before um and so i think they're nervous and when they they come and they you know see my vibe and like the studio and whatever they already start to get more comfortable and most women like at the end of their session they're like I didn't think I'd be that comfortable you know like I really didn't it was so normal and so comfortable and I think part of it is like really it not being like a big deal for me in any way you know right um and me them knowing that it was like such a safe space where like I'm not judging them I'm not like oh okay like I like this part of their body but I don't like this part or me comparing my body to theirs like that there's none of that going through my head um and And that for sure makes a yeah. yeah. And I think that, and, and again, like that exposure is important. And I think another thing that you can do, by the way, if you want to change the way that you feel towards women's bodies is expose yourself to varied bodies. Don't only follow super skinny influencers, you know, yeah. don't only spend time around super thin people, um, you know, get some, get some big friends, like, it, or, and like whether they're in real life or on social media or whatever, <laughs> having that exposure yeah. to people who look cute and are maybe don't fit that societal ideal can, can go a long way towards just normalizing the way that our bodies actually are. Right. Because people also think of like women in larger bodies as like just letting themselves go. And that's just so not the case. And if you follow people online that are like, you know, in the body positive movement or not, like just like larger women that are so sexy and gorgeous and like love taking care of themselves and love putting on makeup and are super like feminine and whatever, if that's what you like, if that's what you're drawn to, then like do it because, um, it really changes the way that you see things. Yeah, it it totally does. This has been a wonderful and fascinating and lovely conversation. If somebody wants to learn more about you, Rebecca, where can they go? Hmm. Well, I hang out on Instagram a lot. Um, so I'd say find me there. It's Rebecca Sigala Boudoir. Okay, and I'm going to link that in the show notes. Last thing that I want to ask you is, Rebecca, what does it mean to you to make an impact? Hmm. What does it mean to make an impact? So... I always think like, okay, if I can wake up today and help one woman change the way that they see even one tiny part of their body, then I did my job. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on today, Rebecca. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Rebecca, her links are in the show notes. On last week's episode, my guest was Connie Fingerer, an Ellen Deaners who founded your Let It Academy. We discuss all things birth. You can listen to it wherever you're hearing this one. The Be Impactful podcast is a project of Impact Fashion, the clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are available in sizes 2 through 24 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 16 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getora.org slash recalcitrant parties. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Atskowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact.